We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is February 9th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's up? Do you uh do you, do you smell that, Jonathan? It's it's uh it's it's trade day. We're gonna get some trades today, Jonathan. And you just it's in the air. I smell it everywhere. They it was beautiful. I saw Philip Rossman Reich from Orlando Magic Daily, Locked On Magic doing a Twitter spaces, popped in there for a little bit. Everybody is clamoring for a trade. And we finally got something today in the league. D'Angelo Russell going to the Lakers, a reunion of sorts. But this one could be a better stint, maybe, than his last one. That was really weird. So we'll, we'll see. It's an exciting time to be a Magic fan. We'll see, what, uh, we'll see what we do today. Trade deadline, always spicy, always entertaining. You know, If you follow the NBA, if you're on Twitter, of course, all of the rumors, you're waiting for... Shams or, or Woj or you know, somebody to tweet out you know, confirmation of a trade. Yeah, the D'Angelo Russell, uh, Russell Westbrook to Utah, Mike Conley to Minnesota. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with all of that, whether or not you know teams are going to be buying out you know certain players. The Russell Westbrook thing is is hilarious because last night, most of the world, not Luke Sylvia, but most of the world was watching LeBron James break the all-time scoring record and you're watching the game, and I'm looking at some of these Lakers players like Russell Westbrook. Um, who else was it? I, I don't even remember at this point. Yeah, and you're like, guys, do you not understand like what the point of tonight is? Like The point is for LeBron James to break this record. And I think it was in the, the third quarter. Yeah, it was like a minute or no, like 10 seconds left in the third quarter last night. LeBron James breaks the all-time scoring record, and now Russell Westbrook is being traded pretty crazy to see him in that atmosphere like such a ma- like ma- massive game and now him being traded so yeah d'angelo russell uh back to back to the lakers hopefully you know no snapchat and 
you know, uh, snitching goes on in the mm-hmm. locker room this go around for him. But we're going to be breaking down the, the the trade deadline for the Orlando Magic, at least leading up to the trade deadline and, and what it could or, or could not mean for the Orlando Magic. Um, if you haven't checked out our Ryan Brock's article up on the sixmanshow.com where he talked about three potential trades that the Magic should or slash could make at the trade deadline. A nice little primer for this episode. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Before that, we've got a couple of housekeeping things to go over. First of all, we've got a watch party coming up. We're partnering with the Orlando Magic and Michelob Ultra again, coming up on March 3rd when the Magic take on the Charlotte Hornets. Starting at 6.30 p.m., we'll be at Burton's, which is located at 801 East Washington Street. Again, that's going to be March 3rd, which is a Friday. Be sure to mark your calendars. Make sure you come on out, hang out with us, um, enjoy some good drinks, some good food, and watch the Orlando Magic get another W. We are 4-1 and one this year when we uh, partner with the Orlando Magic and Michelob Ultra for these watch parties. So we are very much looking forward to keeping the streak alive. This is a venue that we haven't been to yet, so I'm pretty excited, Luke. Uh, it'll be a good time. So again, March 3rd, 6.30, Burton's at 801 East Washington Street. That's going to be our next watch party. And then speaking of parties, we've got a big party this Friday, the Duvin Launch Party. Uh, so if you're unfamiliar with Duvin, they are an apparel company based out of Orlando, and they are co- collaborating with the Orlando Magic for their latest collection. I am rocking the hat right now, and this polo, stretchy, lightweight, very, very comfortable, uh, very, very stylish. You've got the old school Orlando Magic logos on it. You've got the flamingos, the pineapples. There's some orange on there. This is just a lot of fun. Uh, some of their other pieces I'm I'm really looking forward to being able to wear. And my wife is requesting that I go to this launch party and come home with some apparel for her. So we're going to be at their launch party on Friday, February 10th at the Heavy in Winter Park, located at 1152 Harmon Avenue. That's going to be from 4 o'clock to 10 p.m. Um, I think there's going to be you know some, some magic representatives there. I think like the 321 Hype Squad is going to be there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so yeah, I mean, check out Duvin. You can find them at Duvin Design. I think it is on Twitter and at Duvin on Instagram. I might have that backwards, uh, but just search Duvin either on Twitter or on Instagram. You can check that out. Uh, they sent us a nice little uh, a press box the other day that I did like an unboxing. You can find that on our Twitter and Instagram if you're just curious as to you know what is included in this line. It's really really nice, Luke. I know a lot of people are excited about it. A lot of people are not happy that this is like an in-person collection thing only that you can't get it online. But I, I like that, you know, like the exclusivity of it uh, makes it a little bit more special. Yeah. I mean, well, and also they'll, they'll, I've, you know, obviously there's the party on Friday, but I'm pretty sure I saw also their collection will be, you know, at Amway on Saturday during that Miami game. I don't know if it'll be for games after that too, but uh, pretty cool and a little even more incentive to go to the game because I know I'll be looking in that Duvin collection section on Saturday night. Um, so we'll see. I uh, I really do enjoy the hat is just so sick. I love the hat. I love the incorporation of the trees, the like different colors, the pink on the side, the whatever that is on the front, like aqua tealish, just I, I like that. I like that style a lot. Kind of like a neon vibe. 
I uh, I enjoy it, so I'm going to definitely be looking. So definitely, if you guys are in the area, go on Friday. And if you can't go Friday, like myself, on Saturday, that'll be uh, some stuff available from it for you, too. There is a 1,000, maybe even a 100,000% chance you will catch me on a Florida beach this summer rocking this with some kind of fruity drink in my hand. Guarantee <laughs> it. You don't mm-hmm. have to question whether or not that will happen. That will absolutely happen. This is that kind of shirt. Like if you if you're looking for a nice like party vibe, like you're chilling, drinking something tropical, this is going to be the go to shirt for that. Incredibly comfortable, stretchy. I, it may, oh, you got the little stuff there on the sleeve. I didn't even notice that. I love that. Maybe I'll be rocking this on the golf course this summer. We'll see what happens. I, I want to get into golf this summer, and uh, I'll be uh, I'll be you know getting my Tiger Tiger Woods on in this <laughs> nice uh, Duvin polo here. So again, make sure you guys come out to the watch party. On Friday, I'll be there. I know producer Kevin will be there. Uh, that's going to be at the Heavy Winter Park located at 1152 Harmon Ave uh, from 4 to 10 p.m. Let's talk some Orlando Magic basketball, Luke. Let's get into the state of the Magic. So far this week, the Magic are 0-1 on the week, bringing them to a record of 22-33. and They have the fifth worst record in the league. They are 13th in the Eastern Conference. They are currently three games back of Indiana for that final play-in spot. They're also three games back of Toronto, who's at 11, and three games back of Washington, who is sitting at 12. So the Magic have a couple of teams to jump or a few teams to jump uh, if they want to get in that play-in spot. But, you know, you still have, let's see, so we're sitting at, what, 55 games? So you've got 27 games left. Uh, Plenty of time to make up three games, especially if the Magic are able to start stringing some wins together and win games that they should. Tuesday night was a game that they should have won. We'll talk more about that in in detail a little bit later, Uh, but don't give up on the Magic. We've been talking about this. The Magic are still in striking distance for that final play-in spot. On the season, the Magic have an offensive rating of 111.6, which ranks 25th in the league. They have a defensive rating of 114.5, which ranks 21st in the league. Their overall net rating is negative 2.9 which is 26th in the league. Uh, Chuma Okeke, he is still ruled out, but he was recently sent to Lakeland. No idea if he's going to end up playing games with the Lakeland Magic. Kobe Price reported that a couple of days ago, uh, but something to keep an eye on. I don't know if he's just going to be practicing with them or we're going to see him in some kind of rehab stint like we did with Jonathan Isaac. So make sure you're following uh, Kobe Price. Make sure you're following us on all the social media accounts. We'll be sure to pass that information along. And some fun news this week, Luke, uh, yesterday, so that was Tuesday. We're recording this Wednesday night. Uh, it was the Rising Stars draft in the NBA app. Pal Gasol, Darren Williams, Joe Kim Noah, each drafting teams from this Rising Stars rookie and sophomore pool. I think there is, I forget who's the other coach that is getting the team of like all of the, the G League and the G League Ignite guys. Mm-hmm. But Pal Gasol, had the number one pick in the Rising Stars draft and took none other than our Paolo Bancaro. So you're like, sick. Paolo got picked first. That's awesome. Let's keep watching the draft to see where Franz gets picked. Very next pick, the second pick, Darren Williams takes Franz Wagner. And at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm good. First of all, brightest future core in the entire league confirmed. Rising Stars took our guys one and two. There is, is no, you know, argument to be had those are the rules 
<laughs> but I, I watched a little bit, you know, further to, to see what was going on. But it was just awesome to see our guys go one and two. Like, yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, it doesn't. But can I just say that Darren Williams knows no clue what he's talking about? Just none. Like, to, hats off to him for making the correct pick in Franz Wagner. But at the same time, he talked about Bones Highland, I think, being part of Denver's future and what they're building there and what they're doing. And it's like, he clearly doesn't know that Bones Highland is in like every trade package imaginable right now going out of Denver. So just that was ridiculous to me and just shows me that TV personalities, that's that's all they are. And Darren Williams, former player, great player, just even confessed he doesn't have league pass and doesn't watch games really doesn't know a lot of these young guys i'm like what are we doing but i'm glad he had the foresight to take franz wagner his team is now in good hands by default so it was cool man i i'm happy to see it i'm even more interested to see how those games play out i thought it was cool the format they did last year with what four teams so should be interesting i think from what i remember pretty fast paced um and just kind of like one in one team in one team out type of format and uh, i mean should be a lot of fun yeah it's basically going to be like four teams you know the two teams will face off and the winners will face off in in the final or whatever and i get the idea you know they're bringing in former players to kind of you know draw up excitement about these games but why why does it have to be former players like why couldn't we have like, you know, the the two captains of like the all-star teams, like LeBron and Giannis, maybe throw some some veterans in there, like a a Chris Paul or, you know, something like that. Like guys that are actually in tune with this, even if it's like other like content creators. Like I would have loved to see our, our buddies from like through the wire, you know, like like Kenny, uh, Pierre, D Mills, Mike. Like I would have loved to see those guys do some kind of draft like this. You can't tell me those guys don't draw an audience, especially the younger crowd. And those guys actually watch games and know what they're talking about. So I just feel like NBA just needs a, a refresh with stuff like this because when the guys coaching the team like so obviously don't care about what is going on, like why should we be invested? Why should fans care about this when the the guys that you're putting in place to, you know, draft from these pools don't really care either. So but yeah, that was super whack. But again, I just come back to Paolo number one, Franz number two. Awesome. Magic, you know, best young core in the league. You can't tell me otherwise. We've got the first and second pick in the Rising Stars game. And I have a feeling that as long as they don't play in the first round, there's a, a strong chance that it's going to be Paolo's team versus Franz's team in the final, which is going to it's going to make me feel a certain type of way. You're going to have to you know, choose between your, your favorite kids. <laughs> In the Rising Stars uh, who are you, final, who are you but it'll be cool to see those if guys. It's, if it's Franz versus Paolo in the championship, or they I'm just, just face I'm it just, all. I'm rooting for them to go at each other, like hardcore. Like, don't hold back at all. Like, go at each other's necks. That's what I would be rooting for. I don't care about the result. I just want to see those guys be like, okay, all right, let's. You guard me, I guard you, and let let's see who who who's the best. Maybe this will be the game to be like. Who's going to be the future alpha of the Orlando Magic? Maybe that takes place in the Rising Stars game. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Hey, do you know if they're doing the skills competition again? Or like the remember last year they did uh, like the Cavs core at the team of three. They did the Bucks, all the brothers, right? Or they just did all the brothers and uh, and and that whole competition. I wonder if they're doing that again. 
because I I hope that these the the young guys have the the intensity that Giannis and his brothers had in that competition. Do you remember how how they were like 120% the entire time I I believe if I recall correctly that like they they just brought the intensity and I hope that that's what they do with the Rising Stars challenge. I hope they're not like too cool. There was also a team like that and that sort of challenge last year. Um, but yeah, I, like you said, I hope they go at each other and that uh, they, they play like they have something to prove because it's a fun event and, and there's, but there still can be things you draw from it and it should be a good time. So I've got the schedule here. So they are doing the skills challenge this year. So Friday night is going to start with the Ruffles NBA all-star celebrity game on ESPN. I mean, how far has that event fallen? I was looking at the list of celebrities, and I think I knew like three or four people. Is it all TikTokers now? It's that. I think there's like like Calvin Johnson. Like Outside of athletes, there might have been like one or two names on that list that I recognize. And we used to have like Justin Timberlake, Justin Bieber, like Chris Brown. Kevin Hart was doing it for a while. He was like one of the last ones to drop out of it finally, I think. Yeah, it's just like... I I really honestly used to look forward to the celebrity games on Friday night to be like, all right, let's see what J. Cole's got. Let's see, mm-hmm. you know, what 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 Chris Brown's got. I mean, I know Terrell Owens, he's done it a couple of times, but man, like I'm I might not even watch yeah. um that at all. And, and normally that's something that I would be super tuned into. And then so that's at uh seven o'clock, and then the Jordan Rising Stars game is gonna be Friday night at nine. That's gonna be on TNT. And then uh, Saturday, uh, starting at 4 o'clock, is the NBA um, HBCU Classic. That's going to be on NBA TV, TNT, ESPN2. And then starting at 8 o'clock on TNT is going to be the State Farm All-Star Saturday Night, which will be the Skills Challenge first, the Starry Three-Point Contest, and then the AT&T Slam Dunk Contest. Um, I don't believe any of the contestants have been like totally officially announced just yet. I know we've heard like so-and-so has been invited to, you know, the slam dunk contest, but uh, right now I'm on NBA.com and they don't have any of the contestants listed just yet. And like 10 days before that seems kind of weird that we don't know who's going to be in these things. Um, but the thing that makes me the most angry about this list, and we're going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here is this starry three point contest. Do you know what Starry is, Luke? Is that a Coke drink? No. So like Sprite is a Coke product, right? Like the lemon lime soda. And for years for Pepsi, it was Sierra Mist. Well, apparently I didn't know this, but they discontinued Sierra Mist. Oh, mm -hmm. and now they've introduced Starry and it's a lemon lime soda. Starry sucks. Have you had you? I'm guessing you haven't had it. No, it's complete garbage. Just give up Pepsi. Nothing is competing with Sprite in the lemon lime soda department. It's over. Is it? Devote your resources elsewhere. So the reason I said Coke is because Coke has a product called Starlight. It's like a variation of Coke. Oh, Coke Starlight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing. Which isn't that bad. Some people hate that. I kind of liked it. Uh, yeah, I don't. I didn't hate it. My parents had it anyway. That's what I thought you were talking about when you said Starry. That's like the first thing I thought of. But is it? How different can you get with the lemon lime? Like, is it just a weak drink, like, taste-wise? It's definitely not Sierra Mist. It's not like they took Sierra Mist and just put a new... Like, they went back to the drawing board. Whole new formulation. It just sucks. Like, it it just... When I drink it, I'm like, oh, you're trying to be Sprite. But you're not even coming close. Mm. Just not good. 
Oh, thanks for saving my money. I probably would buy it if I would have seen it or something. Dude, and and let's just talk about like McDonald's Sprite for a second. Can we give McDonald's Sprite <laughs> like all of McDonald's sodas? They put like extra syrup in all of their stuff. Like I stop at McDonald's at, at 9 a.m. and I get myself a, you know, uh like bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddle, add the chicken patty to that, and then I get myself a small sprite. You know, you and know it's why just your like sprite, wakes you up. You know why your sprite slaps? At, at McDonald's, do you know why? Nope. So I, 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 and you know, I could be. You don't have to listen to me say this, guys, and you don't have to believe me either. But whatever. I listened to a video. It was probably a TikTok, and these guys talking about why the Sprite at McDonald's is so good, and they said something about like the exclusive partnership between Coke and McDonald's. They basically give them like their free reign on how much like sugar and stuff that's they what i'm put. saying yeah like they add more syrup to the, they do yeah that's what i'm saying 100%. but it's because of their partnership I've and coke just basically like drops it off and they can just do whatever they want then it's like it's beautiful bro they're they're back they're cranking that john all the yeah, way to 10 just, on the yeah. on the sprite syrup they break the scale yeah. and i'm i'm good with that i'm good with that mm-hmm. so i thought that was pretty cool just to again paolo and, and franz and the rising stars challenge gonna be fun to watch those guys go head to head but let's talk about the folks that help financially support the show every single week, talking about our special folks at our Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show for $2 a month plus some other tiers. You can have things like hang out with us on our monthly Zoom calls, uh, get access to our Discord community. One of our tiers also has uh, discounted Orlando Magic home tickets. So if you guys are interested in checking that out, again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Another benefit, every episode that we have new patrons, we give them a very special shout out. So this week, this episode is brought to you by Vote for Paolo, who joined our Patreon at our all-star tier. So a big shout out to Vote for Paolo. Really, really appreciate that. And then every week, not only do we shout out our brand new patrons, we also shout out all of our Hall of Fame tier and all of our elite tier patrons. We'll start with Court Cousins, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Julio, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Michael Salapong, The Distract, Mo Bamba, Yo Mama. It's not OKK to say Okiki. Like, put the phonetics there for me this time so I didn't mess that up. Big shout out. Appreciate you. Pierre A, Migzors, Nostalgia, and Eminem, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destined for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Ty Mr. TV, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear95, Shred Jr. Bruce, Half Reekin, Shahin177, Bulby the Don, Himlo Ban Himro, R Improv221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid714, Let's Spank Don't Tank, Soft Taco, Jesse, Barry M, Johnny B, Fuego Nando, Thank you to our elite Hall of Fame tier patrons and all of our patrons. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Luke, Tuesday night, the New York Knicks came into town to take on our Orlando Magic. And for the first three quarters of this game, Luke, I was feeling really good about this game. The Magic, a really good, solid defensive effort through the first three quarters holding the Knicks to 45% shooting in the first quarter, 36% shooting in the second quarter, 40.9% in the third quarter, and then allow the Knicks to shoot 63% from the floor, 50% 
from the three-point line. 36 points in that fourth quarter, Luke. To me, that was the difference in this game. Magic did not shoot the ball particularly well from deep, uh, but that was a theme throughout the game. And throughout the first three quarters, again, the Magic were really in control of this game, uh, but just poor defense, uh, especially, let's call it what it is, Jalen Brunson was going at Markel Fultz in that fourth quarter, 10 fourth quarter points for Jalen Brunson. A lot of those I know were free throws at the end of the game, but hit clutch baskets to to really keep that game close in the fourth quarter. And uh, the Knicks just made more plays than the Magic did down the stretch. Uh, with about 33 seconds to go, Jamal Mosley called this after timeout, uh, this veer action. If you uh, follow Fazan uh, Amer on, uh, on Twitter, he's one of our writers. He had this awesome breakdown of kind of going through that play uh, where it's Markel Fultz with the ball. Wendell Carter sets a ball screen on him. Sets an off-ball screen on Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner kind of comes around, and uh, the idea is for him to be pretty open to get a three from that right wing. And Wendell Carter didn't make great contact on that screen. Franz Wagner doesn't have a great look, but forces it anyway. Just felt like he could have, you know, brought the ball out, kind of reset the offense, and got into another action there. But he pulls the trigger anyways, misses. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that was really the end of the game. In my opinion, Luke, I believe you're down three at that point. And then Knicks, you have no choice, but to foul and to their credit, hit their free throws down the stretch. Magic made a couple of baskets to try to make it as close as they could, uh, but just could never get all the way back and you lose this game. And at the end of this game, you have those New York Knicks fans chanting, let's go Knicks in Amway. And you could hear it on the television broadcast. I know it is incredibly excruciatingly painful in person. Kevin and I experienced that last year at the Magic's home opener. And this just sucks because you had a, a big opportunity to close the gap in terms of the play-in. Had a chance to, to I believe you would have been down uh, two games um, at one point had you won this game. And uh, now you're sitting at three games back. So yeah, unfortunate. Uh, but the fourth quarter is really the story in this, Luke. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, it was just that Franz shot was super frustrating. I think that was, um, you know, whatever that was, like 30-some seconds left in the game, and he shoots it. And I, those of you who are like me, and I believe like Jonathan, where you have to stand when times get tense in a game, I'm standing, I'm pacing, I'm doing all of the things and Franz Wagner shoots the three and I just immediately sit down. Like I, I sit down as soon as he shoots it. It's not that I necessarily knew he was going to miss, but I just didn't like the shot. And then I just stayed sitting for the rest of the game. I was like, man, that, that was it. And you know, I, I, it felt like they were, you know, obviously it was an action that was that they use to get Franz a three, but I, in hindsight is 2020. And, but at the same time, like, I don't know that the two for one was that important as well. That's what it felt like, right? There's like 30 some seconds left. You're just trying to get the ball off and get that two for one opportunity. And it backfires, right? Because then the last, you know, whatever it is, 20 seconds, 25 seconds, you're just playing the fouling game where they're up three. They're not going to let you get any shot off. And it was unfortunate, man. I, I would have rather try to get Franz the ball to drive or Markel the ball because Markel had been cooking. And we know that like him and Jalen were Jalen Brunson 
were just trading buckets there in the fourth quarter. So just an unfortunate in a game where I felt like Markel could get to his spot, whatever he wanted, uh, whenever he wanted. And and to see it kind of just unfold like that was frustrating, man. And your first half was picture perfect. Your first half was awesome. Then in the third quarter, you know, the second quarter was fine. That you only scored 22 points because you only let up 18. But then it gets to the point where the third quarter rolls around and they, you know, have 26, you have 21. And then you need to finish strong and close the game out. And you're just not able to do it. The other thing that was kind of frustrating is, is Paolo has four points and it's like one for six in the first half. And it's like, while we had the lead, you could have had a larger lead was had Paolo been hitting his shots because he goes on frustratingly, honestly, to shoot five of seven and score 12 in that second half after scoring that just four on one of six shooting in the first. So just, you know, growing pains, but I think it's a good lesson. Markel talked about that after the game that, you know, it was, it was a good learning lesson for them, a good situation to be in and that he was happy with the effort the team gave. Um, but frankly, defensively, fourth quarter, 36 points, giving that up. Doesn't matter what quarter it's in. You're putting yourself way behind an opportunity to win the game. And like I said, you played well enough in that first half to win this game. And even the third quarter, there's a debate. I mean, but that fourth quarter, the wheels cannot come off. And they came off that they were playing a Knicks team that was very frustrated. They have had trouble closing games out this year and they got they did what they needed to. Yeah, for some reason, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the first half stats here. I don't know if you have them, but NBA.com really just decided it it doesn't want to load on me here, like whatsoever. I'm trying to look at uh, like the the starters and the bench units, you know, plus minus in the first half because I can find it. Lately, it has felt like the starters are are the the lineup or the unit that is struggling, and then it's been our second unit, you know, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, Mo Wagner, uh, Jonathan Isaac, that has really got things moving like if the magic have the lead the second unit comes in and they extend the lead and the the first unit comes in and then they kind of squander the lead away and all of a sudden now we're playing in a a close game or first unit isn't playing that well they're down the second unit comes into the game and gets you back into the game and and mo wagner he was 11 points in that fourth quarter um just shooting the ball really really well in this game um yeah, just if I tweeted this out, it feels like if we can get the first unit, the starters, and the bench unit all in rhythm in the same game, like we're going to blow a team out by you know twenty five, thirty points. Yeah, it's just been you know for the last you know week and a half now, it's been the second unit that has really been carrying the load yeah. most of the season leading up to that point. It's been the first unit, and everybody's just got to get on the same page, mm-hmm. and life would be much much better. Yeah, and so I found it on Orlando Magic PR uh, as far as the plus minus for that second quarter. Um, yeah, I mean your your sentiment and your thought is correct. The the starters were you know Franz was a plus one, but then you had uh, everybody else going down the list: Paolo minus two, uh, Wendell minus one, Fultz minus three, Gary Harris minus two, but Cole Anthony most impressive in that second quarter. Uh, is a plus ten, and he played the most out of everybody in, in that in the on the roster. Played ten and a half minutes in that second quarter. So, yeah, I mean, it's like you said, the bench is the problem. Uh, has been the problem, or the starters have been the problem as of late. 
unfortunate, but I mean, I think you tweeted something out last night. Like it's going to be nice when both those units are in a rhythm and you just have to find out what that is and what that takes. Cause it seems like they're not on the same schedule. And again, uh, just really uh, NBA.com just selling the bag here. So I'm pulling up the box score on ESPN. Markel Fultz, you talked about him. Great game, 21 points, 9 of 12 from the floor, uh, 3 of 3 from the free throw line, added 4 rebounds, 6 assists. Mo Wagner, um, 13 points, I believe 11 of those came in the, the fourth quarter. Franz Wagner, 18 points, 7 of 12 from the floor, and then Paolo, 16 points, 6 of 15, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, and a steal. 4 of 8 from the free throw line. I mean, Paolo you know, makes his free throws. Uh, this is essentially a tie game and it may be going into overtime. I know he's been struggling him, Franz Wagner, both kind of struggling offensively and from the free throw line. As of late, you get to the free throw line, especially when you're not shooting the ball well from the floor, you have to take the most, you know, make the most of those opportunities and and capitalize on that. It, It felt like about a month ago, Paolo was hitting the, like the rookie wall. And then, all of a sudden, he has a, a few like great performances. You're like, okay, we're, we're kind of past that. Um, but now it kind of seems like he's slumping again, you know, the the last yeah. couple of games here. And, you know, all-star break coming up in, in just over a week here. It feels like the Magic really need that. I know we're, we're healthy, but it feels like these guys just need a little bit of a breather, um, especially Franz, Paolo, they've been carrying such a heavy load all season long. Give them a little bit of a break, come back re-energized. And I know we've talked about this, and I don't think you can bank on it just because of the fact that it happened last year. But the Magic, I believe, were seventh in the league in defensive rating post-All-Star break last year. We need to see a similar result this year if this team is going to be serious about the play-in again. Uh, So far... Through the first 55 games, the Magic are 21st in the league in defensive rating. I know over the course of the last 15, you know, 20 games, they're trending towards the top half of the league, getting close to the top 10. Uh, but with the personnel that this team has, healthy Jonathan Isaac, healthy Jalen Suggs, Wendell Carter Jr., Franz Wagner, Markel Fultz, this is a team that should be a top 10 defensive rating team in their sleep. So... Just going to continue to monitor Paolo, obviously. He's going to snap out of it at some point, uh, but we're not seeing him be quite as efficient as he was to start the season. Kind of seeing that efficiency begin to dip a bit. Anything else from this next game, Luke? Um, No, no, man. I mean, just a frustrating all-around loss to, to dominate the first half, essentially feel like the game's in control. And then you get down to that that final quarter and the wheels just sort of fall off. Jalen Brunson has, you know, puts on his takeover badge and it's it's over. That the kid is is nuts, quite frankly. It's frustrating, but you know, it, it is what it is, and, and you move on and you try to get some wins here, string some together before the all-star break. So no win in this one, folks, but do not forget that each day after Orlando Magic victories, you can get 50% off your online order from Papa John's with code MAGICWIN. And if you're not in Orlando, don't fret. As long as you are within 150 miles of Orlando, you can take advantage of this code. As long as you are also 75 miles, or further than 75 miles from Miami. So again, 50% off Papa John's 
each day after Orlando Magic victories with code MAGICWIN. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Luke, the day that we release this episode, we talked about this at the top of the show, is the trade deadline. So Thursday, I believe it's 3 o'clock Eastern, if I'm not mistaken, is the NBA trade deadline. So we had the big deal today, the three-teamer, uh, the Lakers, the Jazz, the Minnesota Timberwolves, Russell Westbrook, Mike Conley, D'Angelo Russell, all kind of shifting teams. Lakers also sending out, I believe it was a, a first-round pick in that. Um but people have been kind of walking on eggshells lately. It seems like each you know Instagram story or or Twitter post from a Magic player's best friend is sending <laughs> Magic fans like really really crazy. Uh, Markel Fultz posts a, a cryptic uh, Instagram story and has a couple of retweets on Twitter. Everybody thinks he's being traded. Uh, Cole Anthony's best friend tweets out business of basketball. On Tuesday, and everybody thinks Cole Anthony is being traded. And then he's like, oh, wait a minute, my bad. That looks real bad. I didn't mean anything like that. It had nothing to do with Orlando. And then we've heard, you know, for a couple of weeks now, every time that Fred Van Bleet's name is brought up, uh, whether it's uh, who might be a, a suitor for him in free agency this summer or who may be willing to trade for Fred, Fred Van Vliet if Toronto decides to move on from him, you know, the magic have been included in each one of those reports. So I want to go through some of these rumors here and then mention at the beginning of the show, uh, our Ryan Brock's article talking about three potential trades that the magic should make at the deadline. We'll go through that as well. Uh, but just wanted to pull up the good old hoops hype here and go through some of the uh, Orlando magic uh, rumors and just more specifically. So our buddy Jake Fisher uh, he reported that the Celtics are exploring trading Danilo Gallinari and Peyton Pritchard to land a center. His report says Boston has been exploring the combined outgoing value of Danilo Gallinari and Peyton Pritchard. Sources said as the Celtics search for center reinforcements, two names of big men that match that outgoing salary, Jakob Pearl and Mo Bamba. So this is just as speculation as speculation gets. This is literally just throwing two names in the trade machine and finding a center whose salary matches up with both of those guys and a, a trade, I guess, that would theoretically make sense. Luke, I'm not even calling this a rumor. This is just, if th if we're doing is this anything, this is not anything to me. This is a buzzer, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. 
No, it's it's pure speculation. Um and it, it's it's not anything that really should should get magic fans too excited anyway. Um for the sole fact that uh, as far as Gallinari goes, I mean, he's not going to be something that sticks with this roster anyway. As much as I would like a rehabbing shooter, a torn ACL, by the way, yeah, rehabbing a, a torn ACL and wouldn't be available till next year at some point. Uh, not really something that I'm targeting. Not to mention that I believe after next season anyway, he's going to be a free agent. Uh, I I was looking at his contract earlier, I think, and I'm not sure where it's at now. Or you know, I can't pull it up right now because my internet's being ridiculous. But uh, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Peyton Pritchard, I'm good. It's like his third year in the league and he's 25 and he's a like a guard guard. Like he's a point guard. He's six foot one. I just don't see a need for Peyton Pritchard. So I don't know. I'd rather them just give us like cash, if I'm being honest. I don't feel like having to sort out what we're going to do with, you know, Gallinari with his bad ACL and Peyton Pritchard trying to figure it out so i i'm good i'm good on that i hope that's not true like i said i'll take cash and some picks but i don't want any any players of that caliber and on those contracts either yeah gallinari pritchard stuff doesn't really make a ton of sense to me peyton pritchard is is maybe a a little bit of an upgrade over rj hampton and you know i don't even think if rj it's a completely different conversation but RJ wasn't good enough to prove that he was going to be in this rotation and prove that he was going to be extended. I don't know why the magic outside of cash doesn't even make a lot of sense to me. It would have to be like draft compensation mm. to to take on those deals because I, I don't see either of those guys you know playing for the magic, especially not Gallinari. Um, so that that was one that came up that I, I thought we should um, just really uh, dismiss pretty quickly here. And uh, then the other part of this, Fred Van Vliet, uh, the likeliest Raptor to be traded. Clippers, Suns, Lakers, Magic, and Timberwolves interested. Um, This is from uh, Jake Fisher again. Says the Lakers, Magic, Timberwolves have also registered interest in Van Vliet. Van Vliet is expected to decline his his $22 million option for the 23-24 season in search of a pay raise that approaches a maximum salary and certainly north of $30 $30 million. So Fred Van Vliet, um, a semi-aging, small, injury-prone guard who um, in his career has been a, a great three-point shooter, has not been a great three-point shooter this year, Luke. If you make a trade for F- Fred Van Vliet, you're handing him the starting point guard job. And right now, I am 100% sticking with Markel Fultz in that regard. Yeah, I, Fred Van Vliet is just like Mr. Inefficient. I... I just don't. He's 28. I mean, what does the contract look like with him? Like uh, Jake Fisher is reporting that he's most likely going to decline his player option for next season, which is $22 million. And he's going to be looking for a max deal north of $30 million a year. And $30 million right now is a lot of money with the next collective bargaining agreement. It might not be, you know, $30 million in the next CBA, maybe this year's $20 million. So, um, that number um, may not be as crazy as it sounds right now, um, but even still, I just don't think it it makes a lot of sense for this team, the timeline of this team, 
Um, I don't think Fred would. I don't think do it, it matches either. kind of like the archetype of what this team is is trying to build. I just don't think it it makes a ton of sense for the Magic and especially for you know what the Raptors probably want for Van Vliet. You know, I don't know if Ujiri just wants to blow everything up in Toronto, but I'm guessing they're going to want you know semi decent assets back and what assets do the Magic really have that I would be willing to part with? I mean, you'd have to trade Markel Fultz. I, I just don't think it makes a, a ton of sense to uh, trade for Van Vliet and, and still have Markel on this team. I don't think you're going to be starting Markel Fultz next to Fred Van Vliet. Um, just really not a big fan of the deal, uh, of of any deal that uh, we would have to make to bring Van Vliet in. Yeah, I, I just don't, I don't think it makes sense for him. Like he's going to have a player option coming up. I Like you said, like, I don't know. I, listen, the more and then that you have to I, be confident that he would resign here. So yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing is that the more that I talk about potential trades for the Magic, the more I'm like, no, I'm I'm pretty set on not doing anything wild here. You know, like I'm cool with not making moves. I and mean, this is a, a a thing that we've said in the past is like sometimes the best move is not making any. And by this, I would mean like big moves in this regard. In the past, I've said it and meant like I don't want us doing literally anything. But when it comes to like free agency, things like that. But you look around and it's and you know I think that feasible guys that I'm cool with being traded tomorrow or today, as you guys are listening to this, is the obvious: Mo Bamba, Gary Harris, Terrence, or not Gary Harris. Oh my goodness! Please, Jeez, no. I was no, like, no, no. I man, didn't, we I didn't have... mean it. I didn't mean the it. The tables have turned. RJ, Mo Bamba, and Terrence Ross is what I meant. I'm so sorry, Gary. I did not mean it. Um, almost 50, 40, 90, by the way, for Gary Harris. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I I, the, I don't really want anything crazy to happen. I'm cool. We just got healthy. We just are experiencing continuity. We'll just Let's just ride it out. What do what are we what are we in that big of a rush for anyway? Well, let's see what Ryan Brock has to say. So, uh, one of our writers, Ryan Brock, put up an article today on the sixmanshow.com where you can go ahead and, and check this out and read the article yourself. Um, but the title of this is Three Potential Trades the Magic Should Make at the Deadline." Um, let's just go through number one here. Trade number one: the Orlando Magic receive Isaiah Hartenstein. Miles McBride, the Knicks would receive Mo Bamba, RJ Hampton, and a 2023 second round pick. Obviously, RJ Hampton, Mo Bamba, those are our two guys that have fallen out of the Magic's rotation. Um, Isaiah Hartenstein, a guy that the Magic were rumored to be interested in in a free agency this last summer. He went to the Knicks, um, but just, just seems to be really under and incorrectly utilized so far by Tom Thibodeau. Uh, and then Miles McBride, um, just a, a guard to, to help the contracts and the, yeah. the money match, Luke. Um, what do you think about that? Essentially, Mo Bamba, RJ Hampton, and um, this year's second-round pick for Isaiah Hartenstein. Listen, this past summer, I, you and I, I believe you also were pretty on board if that was going to be a signing that we were going to make that we had kind of talked ourselves into. And I, I still like him. I hope the Magic front office still likes him. I wouldn't mind it, but then you kind of get into, I guess, Mo Wagner just kind of falls out. Do you play Mo Wagner at the four spot? 
do like to but everything i don't know it just feels like mo wagner falls out and i love the electricity that mo wagner brings so i'm i'm stuck between a rock and a hard place here because i do like hardenstein it's just a matter of do i like him enough to kick mo wagner out of the rotation do you I guess I can turn it on you, but do you, what do you think as far as like a, is that right? in that sentiment of if we bring in Hartenstein, we're probably kicking Mo, Mo Wagner out of rotation. Well, I, I really, I, I don't know. Um, you know, once Jonathan Isaac gets off of the minutes restriction, you know, I see, I think there's a good possibility that he becomes like your de facto, you know, backup five, at least for the rest of the season here. So I think that's going to eat up, a lot of Mo Wagner's you know, minutes in, in general, but I also just think like, you know, Isaiah Hartenstein was crazy efficient last year. Uh, you know, 62% from the, the floor. Um, can't really look at the three point percentage cause he doesn't even shoot, um, you know, really an, an attempt a game um, had the, the rebounding and, and some assist numbers. I know like the, the per 36 stuff was, was really sexy with him. Uh, it just seems to, again, being underutilized or incorrectly utilized by Tom Thibodeau. My fear, and obviously our front office knows much better than I do, but my fear is maybe that last year was just a little bit of fool's gold, you know, a little contract year magic for Isaiah Hartenstein. Um, but again, Mo Bamba, RJ Hampton, two guys that aren't really in your rotation, don't really seem to be part of the future anyways. So it kind of feels like you're not giving up much to get Isaiah Hartenstein. But at the same time, I love me some Mo Wagner. Like he's hitting threes last night, telling the bench like I'm a bad mf'er, and I'm like, yes, you are. As a matter of fact, yes, you are a bad mf'er. Let's roll. Like I just love the energy that he brings. I would hate to see him just kind of bounce from the rotation because, again, great locker room guy. We've talked about this before. How it's one thing to be a great locker room guy, but it it just hits a little bit different when you're on the floor and you can really like speak into these guys like psyche. And when he's in these games and, and he's telling these guys, you know, during these huddles or, you know, at halftime, like all we need to do is, is believe and keep fighting and we're going to find a way to win this game. I just, I love that about Mo Wagner. So it would make me sad if we made some kind of deal that just like bumps him out of the rotation. I feel like for the, you know, the, the long-term prospects of the magic that needs to happen at some point anyway. I don't think you're going to be a, a contender with with Mo Wagner, you know, really playing regular rotation minutes. I just, you know, we, we've talked about this too small to be a five, not really quick enough to be a four. Just kind of this like combo big. And, um, you know, it, it, that creates problems sometimes. But I like him a lot. Um, I like Hartenstein. I think it would be, you know, he's not on a you know, crazy contract. Um, when the Knicks signed him, we were like, that's it. Like, how did the, how did the magic, you know, weren't able to sign him? I think it was like $8 million a year. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm remembering correctly, I could be wrong on that. No, you're right. Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't be mad at all. Let, let's talk about this next trade here. This is the one that I think I am a bigger fan of. Cause I think it addresses a need that the, the, the magic are, are desperate for. Trade two, the Orlando Magic receive Joe Harris and a future second round pick in return for Terrence Ross and Mo Bamba. Again, two guys that really are not in the future uh, of this team and the future plans for the Magic. And you get back Joe Harris, you know, 40% three-point shooter, been really consistent over the last few years. 
the Magic are in are in desperate need of shooting. You know, last night twenty four percent from the three point line. If you shoot thirty two percent from the three point line in this game, you win the game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I he was an Orlando Magic once upon a time in that Channing Fry trade, and then Rob Hennigan decided to waive Joe Harris. So it would kind of make full you know, things full circle. I would love to see a guy. It doesn't have to be Joe Harris, but a guy that can just come in um, and a guy that can score off of movement. Terrence Ross was that guy once upon a time, um, and it has not been that the last couple of years for the Magic. The Magic desperately need a guy who you can put in sets and um, you know put in motion and, and get open threes for them to be able to knock down, and um, that is Joe Harris. I think he would be an awesome addition. Uh, again, be like, a guy that you're getting for practically nothing because Terrence has been playing lately. We know Mo right now he's suspended, but before that has been mostly out of the lineup. What do you think? I, I would love Joe Harris. And this kind of goes to, to put these back to back in terms of the trade proposals that Ryan Brock has put together. While I don't mind the trade for Hardenstein, I don't really see this year, at least, a need for us to get Mo Wagner out of rotation. Like, I think we're fine. Like you said, J.I. can play more of that spot as well once he's off this minutes restriction. I just see the much bigger need is a three-point shooter. You need a guy that can come in and just chuck him up. And I'm not talking about Cole Anthony. I mean a guy like Joe Harris who's going to efficiently give you almost five threes a game. And the Magic right now, Jonathan, to kind of bring light to that, are 26th in the league in three-point attempts a game at about 30. Top team in the league is Golden State. Shocker, they shoot 43. Austin shoots 42. Dallas, 40. I know that the Magic are doing this because they're being self-aware that they don't have shooters. It is not their thing right now. But alongside a, you know, you've got Gary Harris and Gary's issue right now is that maybe he's not getting the volume that some people would like. You bring in a guy like Joe Harris who can come into the starting lineup if needed and he's going to shoot when he gets the ball and and he's not going to hesitate, not going to worry about making a wrong play. I would love to see the Magic go from like 26th in the league in three-point attempts to 15 and just increasing by like three more attempts a game. And I think you bring in a guy like Joe Harris, you're able to do it. He's got one year left after this one. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that it's, it's fine. It's good. It's a, it's a veteran. He's 31 and then he's an unrestricted free agent. You make a nice enough impact on, on a guy like Joe Harris, who you say, Hey, you can be the spotlight three point shooter on this team. And you got the green light whenever you want it. And he sees that this you know team can win games. They're young. They're promising. I think you could sign Joe Harris to a deal after next season for something that's pretty friendly because at that point he'll be 32, 33 years old. You get one more little run out of Joe Harris and that by the time you're reloading with another maybe veteran shooter. I mean, I, I don't mind Joe Harris at all. I don't. I like Joe Harris a lot. And I definitely don't mind giving away T. Ross, who's full of DMPs, and Mo Bamba, who is easily out of this rotation. 
yeah, the Joe Harris contract, um, eighteen million dollars this year, nineteen almost twenty million dollars next year, and then you mentioned unrestricted free agent, um, thirty one. I didn't realize, man, Joe Harris, you're getting kind of old, my boy. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize he was that old, but um, yeah, still a, a very capable shooter. I think an underrated aspect of this trade deadline is that it's going to tell us what the magic think of this year's free agency class and how willing they are to, to make a splash and, and spend money this summer. If they make a trade for a Joe Harris, cause you know, t- the guys we're talking about in this trade specifically, Terrence Ross expiring Mo Bamba, you can opt out of his contract, you know, and not pick up the team option, you know, at the end of uh, this year, clearing up cap space going into the summer, you know, Gary Harris, same thing. Not that we want Gary Harris to be traded, but if the Magic were to make a deal, you know, trade Gary Harris and, and bring back, you know, multiple years of contracts and kind of kick the money down the 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 road, so to speak, kick the can down the road, that tells me that they don't feel like maybe they're ready to be big players in free agency, or maybe they don't love this upcoming free agency class. This this next trade um, kind of goes into this thinking as well, where it would be the Magic get Luke Kennard. Uh, to uh, from the Clippers for Mo Bamba, Chuma Okeke, uh, a 2023 and a 2024 second round pick. Again, bringing in shooting that we desperately need. Mo Bamba not in the rotation. I don't know that I'm as big of a fan of this trade. I, I know people are are ready to to give up on Chuma Okeke. I don't know that I'm I'm totally ready to do that. But uh, Luke Kennard this year uh, making just under 14. Next year he's making 14.7 million dollars. And then in 2024-2025, um, he's got a $14.7 million team option uh, where if you wanted, again, to open up cap space, you'd have the ability to decline that. So if the Magic were to make a trade for a Joe Harris or for a Luke Kennard, um, in lieu of hanging on to these guys and being able to open up cap space this summer, that kind of tells me how they are feeling about free agency, that maybe they're not going to be super aggressive. And I don't know if this was ever going to be the summer. Like if you just look at the list of NBA free agents, and we've talked about how, um, you know, in recent years in the the current um, era of player movement, that most of those, you know, transitions from one team to another happen through trades more so than free agency these days. But some of the, the, the top, uh, you know, free agents that the, I think the Magic might consider a guy like uh, Chris Middleton, um, D'Angelo Russell is in there, Fred Van Vliet, Harrison Barnes, Jeremy Grant, um, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Karis LeVert, Gary Trent Jr., uh, Malik Beasley. Those are some of the guys in, in in the tier that I think that the Magic may target if they were looking to maybe not make a major splash, but just some minor positional upgrades. But that's not you know a, a player that's going to, you know, you're going to bring them in and all of a sudden now you're a contender. Like when you talk about a team making a big splash in free agency, like you're going out and, and you're getting a big fish that you can put next to Paolo Bancaro, you can put next to Franz Wagner. And now you can say, let's go compete, you know, in the East. Let's, you know, try to make an Eastern Conference finals run or something like that. I feel like if you're looking at this team, they feel like at least what, two to three years away from like really being contenders. When you look at Paolo, you look at Franz and some of the other ancillary pieces, you're like some things 
most of this roster is going to change over the course of the next couple of years. And at that point, when you have the ability to optimize Paolo, optimize Franz, you put shooters around them, you know, other, you know, good defenders around them. That's when this team is, is going to be ready to rock and roll in my opinion. So, um, Again, I don't love the the Luke Kennard deal just because I'm not ready to give up on Chuma Okeke all the way. But Luke, what do you think about that trade? And then what do you think of my theory that this trade deadline is going to tell us kind of what we need to know about free agency this summer? Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't hate the the Luke Kennard deal at all. Um, I'm cool with parting with Chuma. I I've not been shy about that in the past talking about him 37% from the field and just 22 minutes, 18 games uh, this year, um, five points a game. Like there's just not much to Chuma that, that I am really like longing for at this point, you've got good defenders on this team. You don't necessarily need a Chuma to step in, in that place. And offensively, Chuma tends to give me headaches. So when it comes to his efficiencies, I, I'm, I I don't mind giving him up in a deal. If it is for a guy, I will do dirty, dirty things for a shooter right now, Jonathan. I just I am so sick of watching this team not shoot threes. And even when they do suck at shooting threes. It's just not a good combination, and I would like I I will do anything for a three point shooter right now, and Luke Kennard also can fit that bill at, at his almost forty five percent on four attempts a game, and in twenty minutes, you bump him up to twenty four twenty five minutes a game, you get another three out of him. He maybe goes down to what forty two percent three point shooting instead of forty four and a half. I'm I'm okay with with Luke Kennard, you know, in that respect. And I like that he's got a club option. I like that when it comes down to it, we get to make the decision on what to do with him. And um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm on board with it. I thought this was really a well put together article by Ryan Brock as well. Just want to give him another shout out. Uh, I, I like the realistic approach because you could sit here all day and talk about these dream trade targets that you have. But at the end of the day, those trade targets, like it's got to be realistic and those trade, those pieces, those big fish have to actually want to come here, especially in today's NBA. They are not going unless they actually want to go. So, um, yeah, man, I, I think great job by Ryan. Three realistic trades to really think about, and they all address things that that you want. And two of them in particular addressing the three-point shooting need that the Magic just absolutely needs so badly, whether that's this trade deadline or in the off season. And to your point, Jonathan, that is, that's probably the case, right? Like this is indicative of what they think about this free agency class. Are you going to tie up your money an extra year or are you just going to hold on and move on from an easy contract like Mo Bamba come summertime and just essentially just for whatever it is, whether it's picks or whatever, when people are more willing maybe to part with those, we'll see what happens. But I, I'm, I'm excited for today. For trade deadline day, there's nothing like it. Maybe some stuff happens when we're sleeping. That's always a lot of fun. You wake up and you're that's the first thing you see, and you're either elated or you're pissed. So it's a it's great. It's really a really healthy thing there. I I hope that 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 our front office does not do that tonight. As long as it's not anywhere near as exciting as the 2021 trade deadline where we mm-hmm. blew up the whole team, I'll I'll be 
pretty good. Um, and, and I know people are worried about, oh, the Magic, what if, what if they trade for, you know, Fred Van Vliet? And people just sit here and they worry. Like, you know, a couple of years ago, it was, you know, Russell Westbrook that, you know, was allegedly available. And everyone's like, no, please don't let us trade for Russell Westbrook. And you're just like worried about this thing that is most likely never going to happen. And I tweeted this a couple of days ago. Have John and Jeff been perfect in their tenure here? No, I think they've gotten it probably like 85, 90% right since they've been here. But have they given us like any major red flags, like anything like, wow, I cannot believe you screwed that up? Not yet. And until that happens, I'm not going to get super excited about what possibly could happen. I just don't see them making a move that I feel like would be a mistake in like a, like a Fred Van Vliet, you know, for example. So if you're worried about that kind of stuff, just think back and be like, Luke, you've said this a ton. Have they burned us yet? Not really. So until they do, let's just chill. Now, draft night, they end up trading, you know, Victor Oladipo and Damanis Sabonis for Serge Ibaka. We can have a different conversation. But until <laughs> that happens, everybody just chill, relax. Like yeah. they've, they've done right by us so far for the most part. Even when we thought that they didn't, I hated the Vooch deal. I thought it was ridiculous that we had to add protections uh, to uh, the the 2021 Bulls pick. I thought it was crazy. Mm-hmm. It worked out in our favor. They knew what they were doing. Hey, uh, real quick. Turns out, and I just read this real quick. <laughs> Speaking of the Bulls and the fact that we ob- very obviously have their pick top four protected this coming offseason, they have them and the Clippers have been linked to Russell Westbrook and interest if the buyout were to happen, which is expected. Could you imagine the Bulls pick up Russell Westbrook? At that point, I think that like we get genuinely concerned about that pick not conveying to us come the offseason. Uh, that could go horribly. You think Russell Westbrook just submarines the Bulls season like as He's their su- sixth man? He's just been submarining everything. Did you see him? But you saw him last night. I saw him for a little bit in that game, in the Lakers game. That dude looked like he was selling the whole game. I I, I think that that he does some weird things with that chemistry. Like the the Bulls, they're already like they're just getting out of like the ten spot. They're the last thing you need to do is is bring in Russ, unless you're just gonna. Bring him in and 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 tank away. I don't know. I just I'm very interested to see what happens with Russell Westbrook. I got distracted, but I I would be I would be shocked if the Bulls actually pull the trigger on Russell. I would be shocked if Russell Westbrook pulls the trigger on the Chicago Bulls. At, at this instance in your career, you're already living in L.A. You're you want to compete for a title. Like you're the the West is is wide open. If you're looking at the the Clippers, you know, with Kawhi Leonard and and Paul George, let's see. The Clippers right now are fourth in the Western Conference. Uh they are three and a half games back of the two seed. I mean, they very well could end up you add Russell Westbrook. I just I would be shocked if you were to pick the Bulls over the Los Angeles Clippers. So but uh yeah, we just need that pick. Even if he went to the Bulls, I think it would honestly make it more likely that that pick would convey to us. Russell Westbrook goes to the Bulls. My play-in hopes would would uh, 
take a significant uh hit i think mm. uh, all of a sudden then you're like you you're just hoping for the the 10 seed because I, I don't think you'd i think the ninth seed at that point would probably be out of reach then you're going to be fighting with like indiana toronto and washington for for that 10 seed so interesting yeah. we could sit here and talk about hy- hypotheticals for the the next hour we've already gone a little bit over an hour here tomorrow's going to be super exciting like you said we could wake up to major NBA news, as is the nature of the NBA. So make sure that you guys stay tuned for the rest of this week. So Thursday, after the trade deadline, uh, the Magic are taking on the Denver Nuggets at home, a rematch of a couple of weeks ago where Nikola Jokic uh, hit that three in front Wagner's face to dash our hopes of uh, going three and two on our mm-hmm. West Coast road trip. And then on Saturday, the Magic will be taking on the Miami Heat at home. Luke, before we go ahead and sign off, uh, anything else you got here? No, let's let's see what uh, what our boys cook up on deadline day. Uh, I'm I'm excited for it. We'll see. Let's see it. All right, folks. Again, mark your calendar for our next watch party coming up on Friday, March third uh, at six thirty. We're going to be at Burton's eight hundred one East Washington Street to watch the Magic take on the Charlotte Hornets, and then coming up this Friday, February tenth, from four to ten p.m. Um, at 1152 Harmon Avenue, we're going to be at Duvin's launch party. Uh, they're launching their collaboration with the Orlando Magic. We're going to be at the Heavy in Winter Park. Again, that's 1152 Harmon Avenue from 4 to 10. Uh, we'll be there for a little bit, so make sure you come by, say what's up, and grab some Duvin Orlando Magic gear. Really, really nice stuff. I'm going to be uh, wearing my stuff. Pretty excited about it. Uh, but that is going to do it for us for this episode. Uh, this trade deadline special, I guess, if you will. Uh, For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Ray!